first sergeant. I have a battle axe in my car. <laughs> and he's like, a battle axe? Uh, yeah, you know, on the weekends we go LARPing. And and the first sergeant's like, LARPing? What the hell is LARPing? Uh, live action role playing and I'm a warlord. And he's going into this whole thing. In a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Ted, since we're already rolling, let's make this thing official for episode 192. How the hell are you? I am good, my friend. I was, I was a little, I was a little turned around. You know, we have a taste of LA tonight, and I was like, I think we can squeeze in a dinner out with the family before the podcast. What's taste of LA? Taste of LA. The couple of weeks, you know, different restaurants have tasting menus. And you can uh, you can order from the prefix and then get some extra stuff. So oh, it's not like uh, an event like the Taste of Chicago. No, I, w- I mean the Taste of Chicago is like a festival, right? Like a festival, yeah, yeah. This is like over the over the first two weeks in April, uh, different restaurants just put together a prefix menu and they you know charge a so called discounted price. Oh, I see. <laughs> and then you can go and order that, or you can they collude. Yeah. So we had some we had some sushi tonight, and then on the way home I was like. Oh, I think Jimmy's going on spring break, so I don't even know if we're podcasting tonight. No, that's uh, two weeks, I think. Oh, two weeks. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, two weeks. Next week. Okay, great. Well, speaking of that, why don't we get into beer? I don't want to wait two weeks, and uh, we'll get rolling. (laughs) What what do you have? You want me first? What do I have? You, You go. So I reached down in the fridge. I pulled out something, and I was like, nah, not tonight. Way too. It was way too high. That'll have to be for another night. Uh, but tonight I have Faction. Have you ever heard of Faction Brewing? Faction, I have heard of it. Let me see the can or bottle or whatever. They're out of uh, Alameda, California. Okay. Um, it's all in. Oh, I've not seen that. I've not seen this one. All in I, uh, uh, IPA. Okay. And it looks like when I bought it, um, and now that I, when I drink it, and I will let you know, but it looks like it's, well, it's 7% ABV, ah. and it looks like a standard, everyday kind of run-in-the-mill, kick-ass IPA. Okay. So I will let you know. Awesome. And you. And me. Okay. So I went with a work. It's Weld Work Brewing Company in Weld, California, Weld County. No, wait. Is it Colorado? I don't even know. Yeah, I think it's maybe it's Colorado. Weld, like W-E-L-D, like weld metal? Yeah, like welding, like welding. Uh, but it's but it's work, like W-E-R-K. Oh, how I would spell it. <laughs> and it's got like a... It's got like a buffalo on a forklift lifting uh, an orange or something. So it's supposed to be citrusy? Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's going to be a, a citra hopped kind of thing. But let's see what we got here. Yeah, and mine's one pint, you know, one pint can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let me take a sip here and give you some tasting notes. Let's see what you got. That was exactly right. Okay. It is an everyday kind of run of, run of the mill IPA. That's not a knock. That's not a knock. Yeah, I don't mean that to denigrate it or anything. In other words, it's a solid, you know, you could drink this all the time IPA. It is on point. They nailed it. Hit the they hit the mark and uh it is it is really good. It's it's piney on the nose, a uh-huh. little malty on the front end, a little okay. bitter on the back end as it goes past your palate and it has a a pleasant aftertaste i mean it's really good they, they really nailed uh, the uh the faction they're all in and even going all in at seven percent you've still beat me <laughs> mine was six six point two 
Good. I'm glad I didn't go with the other one. <laughs> he didn't waste the uh, the the yeah, teen the, air over there. Yeah, I know that thing would. <laughs> the, well, it would have knocked teenager. me on my ass too because I'm kind of <laughs> tired. I got to bed a little late last night as I typically don't, so I'm a little tired. And uh, yeah, thirteen percent would have destroyed me. So this is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, mine is very orange. It does not taste alcoholic at all. Um, it's not bitter. Like orange as in like they, um, it's almost like drinking orange juice. It is very much like drinking orange wow. juice. Not wow. even not even like a beer to, to be had. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But but it's tasty, you know? Yeah, good. Glad you like it. Cheers. All right, Ted. So how was your week? So, uh, you know, it was a little the weather kind of warmed up on us for a few days. Was it hot by you? Oh, it was. It's so hot this week. And um, I did go to one of the exhibition games with Frank and Barbara and Glenn. Okay. Um, So I think same seats that they typically have. the same seats they have every year. Yeah. Except this year, they're like. they recruited me. <laughs> they were like, Glenn's, Glenn's going to be out of the state for a little bit. So he wanted to split up his tickets. So I have some of the tickets for the summer. And uh, and it was really like, you know, it's a great deal. So it's fine. It's, it's wonderful. Well, like five games or something? Yeah. There, I can only, yeah, I think there were four that were available. And then the, this past Tuesday, I think uh, Luis was uh, out of town or something. Um, so I got her seat. Yeah. Uh, but I think I only took two two of the games um, in July, uh, June and July. But, you know, but I think a couple more were available, but I, but we have some conflicts and stuff. But but still fun, you know, and, and they're great seats. And I think, yeah, the only thing that I have, <laughs> the only issue I have with those seats, you've been in them. Oh, yeah. In the, if, there, if, you, if you've got, ever gone to a day game there, there's no cover. Oh, yeah, you're, you're roasting. And it's just like you're roasting and the whole thing. This, these, luckily, this past Tuesday was an evening game. And I would say evening games that I've been to before – same seats and other other seats around the the, the L.A. Dodger Stadium. It's like cold. You know what I mean, just the openness of that space. It's always cold. And I would say this past Tuesday night, because the day was so hot, I was ready for it to be scorching or to be completely un, you know misdressed for the evening. But it was pleasant. It was temperate the whole night, and the Dodgers uh, pulled it out over the Angels. So. We're happy about that. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I know. Those seats are, are really nice. You get that beautiful view of the entire ballpark. I mean, yeah. you're in that upper area, but like right at the railing pretty much. I think you're like a... You're like four rows back, five rows back, and you're directly behind home home plate, so... There is not a sight line that you, you miss in that. I mean, you can see the right. pitches coming down perfect. I mean, it, they're really nice seats. Yeah. Oh, and they have space dots. I, I, I think... I was I was very uh, pleased to see that they had space dust. That was that assailant. What's it? What's that? Elysian. 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 Yeah. <laughs> assailant. Assailant beer. And so they have sp- Elysian space dust uh-huh. IPA. And let me guess, it's like sixteen dollars for a cup. Oh, I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't even look down at the register when I was buying them. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, let me give me give me uh, three it's, of those. And and Frank was like, uh, Glenn's not into IPAs, uh, so he had his. Uh, what did I get him? Michelob Ultra. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, a $10 glass of water, right? That's hilarious. He's not into IPAs. 
He's like, not not anything bitter. And then that's why tonight drinking this IPA that's just straight up orange juice. I mean, you know, he would love this anyway. Yeah. How was your week? Did you do anything fun? Yeah, week like a- as you, it was hot here too, which typically isn't hot. <laughs> hot. It hit ninety five, man. Oh, okay, all right. And you guys aren't ready for that. Yeah. It not yesterday was ninety five. Today was eighty. So today was much cooler. I was thinking, yeah, high seventies is what you guys call hot. <laughs> yeah, and then the day prior was like upper eighties, but no, it hit ninety five. I mean, that's that's a rarity for us. And other than that, though, I mean. You know, and it's not that big of a deal. It's like when I say 95, it's like it hits there for like three hours <laughs> right. or two hours. And then you're back like freezing, you know, at, once the sun goes down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, other than weather talk, I guess. But overall, slow week. Didn't get have anything too exciting happen. Uh, standard stuff, you know, a lot of cooking. Yeah. You know, I mean, that game hate. That, that I that I talked about last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you play? No, I haven't played it yet. Oh, okay, but right, right now I'm painting the miniatures. Oh okay. And yeah, I watched YouTube like how to paint minis, you know. And <laughs> I'm glad I did because there's a lot of steps I probably would not have done. I would have just dove in and just started slapping paint on stuff, right, you know. Right, right. And no, they 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 teach you like how to prime it so you have like oh okay where the light would fall and the the colors <laughs> and I mean they really show you how to do it and I just happened to have I didn't have to buy anything I just happened to have the right colors the right spray paints you had the whole tester set tester right do you have tester no it's not that but like <laughs> um, I had a black flat primer I had a okay. white flat primer you know and and then I have like spray paint. You spray paint them? Well, for the the primer. Oh, okay. So you you do them all black uh-huh. at all angles, and then um, you know underneath and all that kind of stuff, and then you pretty much just drop the white primer over the top of them, and that's like where the light would be hitting. Okay. So this way, if you're going to be painting like brown, the white brown would show up slightly lighter. Oh wow! And where the black is, it would be slightly darker, and then it would give that that, that like three dimensional kind of effect of light hitting them and stuff. So yeah. Now they were, you know, like a few different people on YouTube are showing how to do these things and stuff. And I was like, dude, it's brilliant the way they did it. And it's super easy. I was, I was today years old when I learned how to paint miniatures. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm 51. I learned how to paint miniatures. Um, yeah. So there's that, you know, and I mean, that's not like an exciting part of my week. It's Uh just something I've been like, you know, tinkering with after work and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, we were playing hoops out front, you know. That's good. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. a slow week. I mean, it's it's one of those uneventful, uh, unremarkable weeks that you're glad nothing serious has happened and you have right. some fun with it. So I had I had I had a you know, I had weird things that were not like in 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 a month. I won't remember them, but, but they're kind of interesting to me right now. I learned how to drive my Tesla so that I can get a score hundred percent every day. Okay. So that I can get, so I can get my. I don't know what that means. Score hundred percent. So I can get my safety score above ninety five. Supposedly, if you're above ninety five, you get the FSD with the full self driving uh, unlocked for your car. So it's kind of like a game. Now, when you say safety score and a hundred percent and so on, is that like your takeoff speed, your braking speed? I will tell you. You're um, using your signals on all your turns, like all that. It's not. It's it's all based on inertia. Okay. So the safety score simulator says forward collusion warning rated per thousand miles, 
hard breaking daily percentage, aggressive turning daily percentage, unsafe following daily percentage, and then fo uh, forced autopilot disengagement. So those are the five uh, parameters that you're judged on. Got you. Yeah. And it, it only rates the past 30 days. So so at the beginning, it's like your sleep score. It's like a sleep score. <laughs> but but I at the beginning, I thought, how am I ever going to get this down? Like I had a couple of 50 percent days where, you know, like you almost hit somebody or something, you know, like. And uh, so those days are like out of the water. But then I realized that it's only averaging the last 30 days. Well, let me ask, though, if I can interrupt really yeah, quick. So you're saying like you almost hit somebody and that ruins your your safety score. Right. Let's assume, though, someone's not paying attention and they pull out of a driveway or a parking lot and they almost hit you. But because you're paying attention and you're safe, you avoid that collision, but you have to brake harder or something. Does that count against you? Yeah, counts against you. But that's not your safety. <laughs> Actually, that would enhance it, though, because because of your, your due diligence, you avoid an accident, a crash. No, it's your your heart. It's it's a hard breaking. It's a hard breaking. Doesn't matter if you if, if you're breaking hard, then you should have been going slower in an area where somebody could pull out of a driveway. <laughs> yeah, Devonshire, and someone's pulling out of a driveway yeah. at Ralph's. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, but but I I've said all right. I'm I know what gonna, you mean though. Yeah, I'm just going to drive like a grandmother for the next month. I'm going to get this score down. Get a hat. I'm going to try try to get to a hundred hundred percent. And then I will get the FSD. So the past two days I've had two hundreds and, uh, and I think, I think I can do it. I think I, think I is can it like it a guarantee you get it or yeah. I mean, I, I, it is my understanding that you score over 95% and you will get it. Okay. So one month and then you could drive like a lunatic again. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Would they take it from you though? If you did? No, they don't do that, but they do. So, and they, they're actually using the safety score now in States, not California, that allow you to um, pay different rates for driving. You beat me to the punch. That was my next question. Can you use that? Tesla insurance, yes. Can you use that to get your insurance uh, reduced? Tesla has a sliding scale for insurance. See, now that's cool Yeah, where the car can look at your, your driving habits and driving data. I mean, some people might argue because it's Big Brother type watching you. And <laughs> I think that's why that's why it's not legal in California. <laughs> because of the privacy stuff? Because of privacy and because like the laws haven't caught up with the technology in California yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I could see some people thinking, I don't want anyone to know how I, like, I could see Frank being like that. <laughs> don't tell me how to drive, you know, like I could go out and just do my lunacy and just gun it and slam on the brakes. And... Oh, you've been in the car with him recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and forgive me if I ask, but I know like the way an electric car works, you don't hit the brakes, but you ride the gas pedal to a stop. Exactly. So as you're do, yeah, because if you let off the gas pedal or the accelerator, the car will stop, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so as you're riding, you're coming to a red light uh -huh. or a stop sign, whatever, or your driveway, doesn't matter. Yeah. As you're approaching it, you're riding the gas pedal to a stop. Are the brake lights coming on? Yes. Okay, so how does it know because you're decelerating so the lights come on? Exactly. Okay, I got you. So the same the same sensor that that is like, oh, he's pulling too many Gs braking, that sensor activates the brake lights. The brake lights are uh, basically connected to accelerometer, right? Whatever. Uh, like sure. Inertia, whatever. Yeah. And and not to your brake brake pedal. 
Okay, so like in my car, when I hit the brakes, there's like a little switch on the brake pedal that pops them on. Right. In your car, as the car is decelerating and slowing down, it wants to let the people behind you know that you're 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 braking, idling to a stop or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and believe me, when I get when I get into the Dodge and I have to like gas it up or move it around the driveway, it's, I'm so sloppy in it because it's just like I'm only on the gas and it's like it need it's like. You know, it, it's it's begging me to like hit its brakes. You know? like, you're hitting oh, the God. gas, and you're like, "Why won't it stop? It keeps going faster." It's uh, funny. Uh, and then to this week, uh, also Bryce started uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai, yeah, which is kick uh, kickboxing. Okay, so we'll we'll see. So now, why that versus Aikido or Taekwondo or something else? I think there's a little bit of judo at this place. This place is kind of like a mixed martial arts, but the the Muay Thai is the big one that they do. They do Muay Thai for all ages. They do yeah. karate for all ages. He's really not into karate. He's been doing karate for like many, many years. Has and, he? And he didn't, and he never really advanced because we kind of jumped from different karate dojo to Dojos dojo. and stuff. Um, but this one, you know, this one, he really is. <laughs> the first day, if you know, your first day of doing something and you're already like, kneeing stuff in you know in the pad but it's like kneeing somebody in the face and like uppercuts and he's into it he's is into it and he came home and he was like they were doing like six move combinations by the end of this first hour and i was like oh man this is crazy so we did that and then today he did mma so basically they just throw a dummy on the ground and you learn how to do like arm bars and stuff on them that's hilarious and then tomorrow we're gonna go and there's a, a Filipino stick fighting. And, and the minute they, that they said that, he... This is all at the same place? All at the same place. So he said, he said he's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm part Filipino. <laughs> I was like, yep. I, I said, Bryce is a quarter Filipino. And he goes, and my, dad, he, my dad's half Filipino. So, so we'll, we'll see what that's like tomorrow morning. But just excited to have him you know, out, out there again, you know, and, and like, this is the first time we felt comfortable to kind of be there. I, I still wear my mask the whole time, you know, just in the crowd, in the, you know, in the bleachers. But I told him, I said, you know, you're really exerting yourself. Yeah. You don't want to like suffocate yourself. Yeah. You can, you can, you can go, you can go maskless, you know, you're, you're fully, fully vaccinated. So let's, let's do it. And I mean, he wears like what a gi and all that stuff. And no, he just wears like, you know, shorts. He's going to get a t-shirt next week. Oh, okay. So they don't do the whole like gi with the belts. They do the gi with the belts for karate. Uh, for Muay Thai, they just do belts. They're different, different belt structure. Um, but they just have world champion belt, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> heavyweight belt. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that kind of stuff. Exactly. But yeah, like you said, slow week, but those are kind of fun, fun little things. Yeah, that's cool, though. That's cool. You know, and so things like jujitsu and all that stuff, like Gracie stuff, that's all for what, like an older crowd, probably because of how they, you know, their chokeholds and they're. Yeah. Right. They're not like teaching kids to like choke people out and like kill them. <laughs> no, I mean, but, you know, the, the dummies that they were using with MMA today, you know, they basically just throw this dummy on the ground and you just you get on the dummy and you learn how to knee him in the ribs, elbow him in the ribs, and like a spider around his head. They like swing your body over his head so you can get your legs around the other side to knee him in the other side. <laughs> I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah, wow. I know the body is a weapon, I guess, if you if you know how to use it right. Yeah, exactly. Impressive, impressive. <laughs> All right, man. So speaking of uh medieval 
body weaponry and all this kind of stuff. The Quest. The Quest. So it's a teenage LARPing reality show? Live action role playing? Yeah. I mean, I, I this I felt like this was this was kind of in our wheelhouse. You have the the hate game, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. Dungeon, play D&D Dungeons and Dragons, Sundays. you know, like And my favorite scene in Hawkeye was when he was LARPing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. I, this looks cool. I like it. Yeah. You know, I have a few questions about it though. I wonder how they do the magic because they show like, you know, laser beams coming out of like the palms of people's hands. Right. And is that for just television or are they trying to do that with the kids to make it look as though there's like the magic missile shooting or something yeah i mean you gotta have i think you have to have a a mix of attempted holographic kind of imagery and holographics you know uh visual effects that are for the people that are actually there and maybe you know maybe you plus it out for the home audience and just and you just you just kind of accentuate it i think you'd be impressed if you were in person and you saw hologram but if you're a home audience and you saw what is a hologram or would be would be impressive in person might not be impressive to the home audience. So just plus it out. Nobody nobody's nobody's saying like that's not realistic. You know what I mean? Like Well, but they say in the in the beginning for the the eight teenagers that are there, it's like a totally immersive experience. So I, that's why I'm wondering like how do they do that? The actors the actors are acting. I mean it's kind of the way that a uh, a renaissance fair is totally immersive and interactive, you know? Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I'm thinking, though, like when they show that kind of the flashes and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The flashes and the laser beams and everything like are they really doing that stuff like with them or is that after is that like post-production, you know? I'm sure it's a mixture of both. Probably. You is, know? Yeah. And I'm sure have I, I I'm sure I've told you about the first time I I loved Top Chef back in the day and was working at Bravo. And uh, and I was working on cutting some of the B-roll like they have like the stuff that just keeps rolling and they, they have all that. So I was cutting B-roll for one of the editors. <laughs> and this 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 uh, season two Top Chef, this guy starts like trashing the kitchen and he's just like thrashing around the kitchen pots and pans are flying everywhere. And he's like pissed. Right. And he turns to the camera after he's done with his temper tantrum and he says uh, like that or do you need me to do it again? <laughs> and I was like, you destroyed reality television for me. And everybody's like, it's always been fake. You know, I'm like, yeah, but whatever. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it fake. Exactly. You don't want <laughs> Yeah. You don't want to see how the sausage is made. Right. Uh, what did they win? Did they, they didn't give any indicator of that. Did they? You win the, the, you know, the goodwill of being the winner. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they win. I don't. I didn't. I didn't look into that. <laughs> I do like, and it it seems a little bit small for a ballista, but definitely the large crossbow the guy shoots. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that. That, that looked cool. <laughs> Crossbows are are a, a fan favorite in our house. You know, like if if Bryce had a crossbow class in this uh, in this mixed martial arts thing, he would be all in. <laughs> And then how many episodes is this? Do you know? Is it eight or ten? I wish I should know. I'm trying to get, trying to get this stuff into the system like this into my air table, but <laughs> they're not they're not giving. Was this the show you couldn't talk about last? Yeah, week? exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, OK. OK. It was coming out at WonderCon. Ah, WonderCon. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a subsidiary of Comic-Con. Is it? Yeah, WonderCon is like uh, the a baby brother of Comic-Con. It's like it's under the same convention umbrella, you know. There were there are too many of these specific nerds at the at the Comic-Con and like, "We'll give you your own con, just stop showing up here." Exactly. They got to <laughs> distribute. So, isn't that Anaheim, I think? Yeah, it was. I think is is it always Anaheim? I have no idea. I think I think it I think it if it's not always Anaheim, it it Team seems to be at Anaheim a lot. Um, Vid, VidCon and WonderCon, I think, are in LA, the greater LA area, almost every year. So, did did you ever go to the uh, Renaissance Fair as a kid? What I, I go as adult? What are you talking about? No, me and Clarissa went to one out. Uh, where was that? Like out the two ten somewhere. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah. We went with a couple of friends. I'm gonna say it was like 2011 ish, maybe or was that Rancho Cucamonga? No, not that far. <laughs> uh, Monrovia, maybe? Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, or wherever the racetrack is out there. Uh-huh. There's like a drag strip out there or something. But uh, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, we went there for the day, and, you know, you're eating like a big old like, turkey, leg. turkey leg. And, you know, it's like all the tropes <laughs> you go. And Clarissa dressed fairly, you know, she had somewhat of the clothes to go with it, uh-huh. you know, like. <laughs> The little leather pouch for her purse and such, and and I was just wearing a Hawaiian shirt and whatnot. I didn't really fit in. Did, did know, they did they did they attack you with the uh, fine sir? What kind of garment this be? No, they didn't. But I they did do that with others. But it was good. And then there's shows, and you know a lot of it is it's they're they're like Renfair carnies. Yeah, you know. And then after like they put on a show, and then they go around asking for the tips and stuff yeah. for money, and that's what they live on and everything. Thing. And, yeah, you know, I mean, it's an interesting lifestyle. Like you can't I mean, I could see doing it for a summer or two if, the, you know, if you're into that. But like some of these people. So when you think back to, I don't know, the medieval times of like, say, or, or the dark ages of the 11th century <laughs> or medieval of like the 13th century or whatever that is, you know, and yeah, and you get back into the Renaissance and, and, and such. And you think to yourself, like, man, when you watch these movies or television shows or anything that is a period piece of those era, right? Everyone's teeth are way too nice, <laughs> right? Right. These people, these carny types who go, they have such terrible dental plans because they're like living off tips. Their teeth are are like genuine, authentic, authentic. They're authentic <laughs> to the period, and they're actually their teeth. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, you know? No, it's not that bad, but no, they're they're a ton of fun. And uh, we, you know, they had one here in Lompoc. It, I wouldn't call it a Ren Fair. It was they call it a Ren Fair, but it was like a Ren Fair uh, about one tenth the size. It was really small. OK, but it was fun. I mean, you know, you, we went and had mead, uh-huh. you know, and spiced ales and, you know. Um, and they they had some jousting and the various dance skits and things they put on, but it was a lot smaller than a, a big Ren fair though. Yeah, um, some people were there peddling their wares of like the leather boots. And man, I'll tell you though, you if you're into it and you want to get yourself like a Viking outfit or something, yeah, or whatever. And some dudes are walking around like two handed claymores <laughs> and all this stuff. I mean, you could spend some serious cash. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So really quick story about uh, I was in the army and we would have these health and welfare checks uh-huh. and they would wake you up about four in the morning, three thirty, four in the morning. <laughs> 
and it's like, all right, everybody out in formation. And you're just like, oh, my God, again. And then about 10 percent of the of the unit would have to do uh, a drug test. And it was always at random. So they say. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they uh, have this amnesty period. If there's anything that we don't want you to contraband in your car or something or anything right in in your barracks room in your car any of that stuff if there's anything that you don't want us to find or that you know we that that you shouldn't have or whatever that should that, that should be, that that belongs at your house like off base let's say then you know now's your time so this one guy raises his hand and they said okay you know like private pile Private Cheech and Chong, Private Chong. <laughs> this is the amnesty time, so uh, you know what do you have? First sergeant, I have a battle axe in my car, <laughs> and he's like a battle axe. Uh, yeah, you know on the weekends we go larping, and and the first sergeant's like larping. What the hell is larping? A uh, live action role playing, and I'm a warlord, and he's going into this whole thing. And we're there like, you know, we're in formation at like 4.30 in the morning. Like everyone's just like losing it. You know, it was so (laughs) funny. Like I got a battle axe in my car. (laughs) All right, man. So, yeah, this I think we're going to watch this with the boys. I showed them the trailer and stuff. And I think it's a no brainer when you have kids who are into this kind of stuff. And um, if it wasn't for uh, Tim and Mike, I probably wouldn't watch right. it. But because of them, we'll definitely watch it as a family. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Operation Mincemeat. That's right. Mincemeat. Mincemeat. That is such a weird name <laughs> for an operation. Like, you're the guy who's going on the mission, and you're like, Mincemeat? Mincemeat. Couldn't you come up with something a little more positive? No, I mean, this is it. I mean, the Mincemeat, the, the main dude in the operation is dead, so you don't have to worry about it. him That's too true. much. Like, <laughs> and maybe the Nazis are the Mincemeat when you're done with them. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I love this, you know, and and gave me a, a slate of trailers to pick from. And this is kind of one of the older ones. She gave us a bunch for last week, and this is one of them. Oh, this one came across today. Yeah. Um, well, well, you sent we, it to me. We today. sent it today, but she was, she, she showed me a bunch last week, and I kind of oh, okay. I weeded out a couple for last week. But this one was, um, this one was so much fun because I, I, lo- I do like, the you know World War movies World War One World War Two, but a lot of them are very similar. You know what I mean? They like, are. Yeah. There's a lot of very, you know, similar tropes, similar things that you have to get to. You know, and and this is something uh, you know based on true true you know real events. You know, <laughs> like who knows how how far fetched it is, but it just felt like the the desperation of a country of a of a side that was was not winning the whole time you know what i mean like you had to you had to kind of pull out all the stops and do ridiculous things that may or may not work so i i like the idea of that there's still stories out there that are based on some true facts and 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 real events that where people had to do crazy ridiculous things to try to change the tide of the war yeah you more or less beat me to the punch again uh the way i worded it though is i just love the genre of like improbable true stories <laughs> yeah yeah and, and there is, i think that is so, like a subgenre of i don't know what based on yeah 
yeah, true crime, just true stories in general. But it's like a subgenre because it's like the, it's like the improbable. Right. You know, who comes up with this stuff? And whenever you hear these kinds of stories and whether it's a documentary like what was it, Odessa or something or. Right. Exactly. Operation Odessa. Yeah. Yeah. Upper. Would you like that with or without missiles? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. But there's just something about these, the most improbable situation, the most improbable idea, the most outrageous outcomes, and it's true. So, yeah, these things are just so much fun to me to watch because it's like you, you're just rolling your eyes like, oh, my God, who thinks of this? <laughs> and then I like how they question, though. OK, yeah, we're going to throw the corpse up there. We're going to do all this stuff. He's going to have the, the documents, the whole thing. But you think they'll know if he didn't drown? <laughs> Are they going to have the autopsy before they open the package? <laughs> right, because his lungs won't be full of water. So I don't know. You know, I guess be a pump of full of water, <laughs> whatever. But uh, overall, though, I mean, again, on Netflix, low-hanging fruit. I, for one, enjoy these kinds oh, of stories. Yeah. So I'm definitely watching it. It's the start of MI5. So right there is 007 coming up you know decent legacy cards mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the acting core is really good a lot of familiar faces that you haven't seen in a while and really you don't even know their names other than lucius malfoy yeah exactly so he's in there yeah yeah and no you know who knows their names and and knows their names this is like a, a star-studded cast for Anne, you know? oh it totally is but you don't know any of them well she knows them all she she's rattling off their names and you know McFadden this and Madden that and you know what I mean like yeah and then because it's a foreign film I'm definitely gonna have to put on subtitles oh you and your British accent that you can't dude. Handle. Dude, well, you know, if if uh, you're okay, we could jump to Death on the Nile. Oh, yeah, okay. You guys watched it, right? We did. We loved it. Yeah, what'd you think? Loved it. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Ama amazing. T tell me tell me your favorite scene isn't when they're on top of the 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 stone sculptures riding the horse. Favorite scene on top of the sto stone sculptures riding the horse. You know when Gal Gadot and Army Hammer like escape, you know, whisk the whisk each other away, and they kind of like start grinding on each other and on top of the. Yeah, we're right before the boulder falls. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, that scene. Yeah. Yeah, I know. She's a sexy woman, man. <laughs> the French detective, all I would hear in the entire thing was, oh, mademoiselle. <laughs> Inspector Pulo. A couple of things. I guessed wrong. Okay. So I was thinking it was. Who, who did you think it was? Oh, spo spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay. Oh, spoiler yes. alert. Yeah, please, because please need to see it, it is a whodunit. So if you like, I don't know where to fast forward to, but you could cut this out for a few minutes anyway. So I was thinking it was the uh, the personal assistant maid. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a good red herring in there. Yeah, she was a good red herring because because she had that and she loved the necklace and the necklace. Yeah. And Gal Gadot would tell her like, OK, go turn down the beds for everybody. And she would give her these looks that were just like, oh, you're so cruel, you know, kind of a thing. Oh, right, right. Like, go get everybody's luggage. from the, <laughs> We're exactly. moving over to the hotel. She'll take care of getting the luggage and everything. Yeah. That was hateful stuff. Yeah. I thought it was a, I thought it was Annette Benning because I thought just like somebody who doesn't need to, you know, do that. Or maybe she does it, you know, just out of spite or something. You know what I mean? Like 
some unhidden, you know, hidden meaning. And let me say, I, you know, I never read the book. Uh-huh. It's uh, an Agatha Christie book. And they always have this, you know, the trope of the, the detective who spells out the entire plan at the end. And because I never read the book, I didn't know where it was going. But my second guess was, and I thought it was a little unlikely, but I'm like, I can see this being a twist. The detective is the murderer for some reason or another, mm-hmm. and someone else spills the beans and tells his whole plot. Because ah. I was like, there's got to be a weird twist. But to say, though, I could see how it all it all went down, you know, with, with who murdered and how they plotted it. Right. I never saw it coming with the fake shot in the leg. Oh, I saw that. I saw it because the handkerchief. I was like, why has he got a handkerchief in his hand? The handkerchief came out of nowhere. So the handkerchief was a, a clue to me. But then, but then, okay, I but then, I, then I discredited it, it when the doctor came and it was a real gunshot. But I, but I guess the, the, you know, they explained the time gap in there. But it, yeah, it, it is a great whodunit. I think there is part of a, it was critically liked. The critics liked it, or was it the other way around? There, some, there's something about it that was a little too, hit a little too close to home. Like Perot, the inspector, is usually held above everything and he kind of uh, escapes unscathed and you talk talk about a, a war movie this thing starts out as a war movie like we have more of yeah and the trenches in world war one yeah we're we have more of perot than any time ever right like we have so much perot backstory and because we have perot losing book book i think is his name a friend right a true friend and we see that he is truly like touched and and moved and he does not come out of this completely unscathed i think there's something like that where i feel as an audience member i've been like something's been taken from me like <laughs> like i want him to be us i want him to to live above the fray of everything and not get so affected by the actions of these crazy rich people and he is by the end of the movie he's already you know he shaved his mustache and he is trying to love the woman he loves but he can't because his friend is dead. Right. I enjoyed his character and watching his story arc through it. And overall, his intelligence, and he recognized his own intelligence right. about when he was discussing how his brain works and the matter in his brain and all that it's doing <laughs> to figure out these puzzles and such. I enjoyed the color palette, mm-hmm. and it was done in a fashion of like a, a film noir, a color version of a film noir 1940s Humphrey Bogart movie. Right. If it were... Like, how should I put it? If it were like uh, in documentary style almost, meaning if it was film noir, they would have made it darker. Right. But it was film noir before they had the lighting come in to change things around. (laughs) And it's just what the set would have looked like. Right, right. Okay. So it's more like stage film noir. (laughs) Stage film noir. Exactly. Exactly. No, I love it. Yeah, I think film noir is great. There's so many shots of dark shadows and a gun poking out of nowhere. Like, you know, it's like... It's it's very well very well orchestrated. Yeah, yeah. Prison bar lighting and all the rest, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I yeah, that was super enjoyable. Um, we started the Flash on Netflix. Okay. Have you seen that or no? No. 
Is this the the DC the like the superhero the Flash? It's the DC. It's uh, on uh, the WB. Okay. Yeah, it totally smacks of linear television. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know it's not cinematic, right? In any way, the scenes are really clean. So even if somebody's dying, like there's no blood or anything, or very minimal. Right, right, right. And it's a just a simple wisecracking guy. I wouldn't even say why it's not wisecracking like the but the flash he's kind of like a smart ass not not in this no not really oh not in this okay no no he's he's pretty serious uh he's tr- you know he's trying to figure out like how his mom was murdered and trying to get his dad out of prison and stuff so so deep stuff for that it's it's deeper but it's it just smacks of linear television mm-hmm. just in in the, like the you know the way the color is the way the you know the color palette of the show the way the lighting is right like it's it's very it's very clean it's yeah how how tv is unlike a movie that could be very dark cinematic um and it moves kind of quick but then it's there's <laughs> the flash moves kind of quick <laughs> but then there's like things and there's like the like a guy who helps him who's kind of like the wisecracking sidekick in a sense oh okay all right so that guy is in there but um we're you know we're watching it it's okay is it a series it's okay it's a series, seven seasons. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, seven seasons, forty like forty five minutes uh, episode. Yeah, forty four minutes an episode. And then another one I didn't see the this week's, but we're caught up on Severance. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're another spoiler alert for people who haven't, but this is last week's episode. <laughs> uh, they're about to turn each other on outside. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Uh, I can't wait for you to get in. I, I'm only halfway through this week's episode. Okay, it's good though. Uh, it's it's amazing. <laughs> you know, like just imagine, just imagine you you're turned on. Your 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 innie becomes you know comes to life in your Audi life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And and it's and it's very you know you have no frame of reference because you're as an innie you've only been alive for the number of hours that you've been working at that place. Right. Right. So if once you come alive out in the Audi's world, like you have to come to terms with all of these things. You know what I mean? Like it's like two people in one, and you have to figure it out. In real time without tipping the hand to whomever, whomever you're in the room with. Right. So it's 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 really it's it's going great places. And and, and I will say so this week was our first week that we can go back into our office <laughs> and to be in the middle of watching Severance and to be <laughs> in a place where I can come home every day in my Audi life and work in my guest house in my Audi world. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I still like, but I remote into the the work life. And there have been a, two days this week where I drove because I dropped the kids off in Burbank and I and I drive by the office and I looked up at the office and I'm like, nope, not today. Like, and then one day I got the car washed. <laughs> Another day I was like, I missed a piece of hair that I was, that I, when I was shaving my own head and it was right in the front. <laughs> and as I'm pulling up to pull into the parking garage, I look at it and I'm like, well, I guess that doesn't read on zoom, but in person you can, it kind of looks like a weird little Mohawk thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, so I just turned around, went straight home and shaved it off right away. <clears throat> but this is like getting in the elevator. You know, it's literally, do I want to get in the elevator and, and rejoin my any life in this office building? You know what I mean? Right. And it's very, very strange. And it's weird to see people in the office, like on Zooms. And we're all still Zooming, even though there's about 10 or 10 or so people in the office of out of 50. Um, so 
we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a whole other conversation about office life and and everything. <laughs> well, I mean, this is and this is kind of addressing it. It really severance is is a is you know a nonsensical look at some at some important issues about work life. You know, it's like work life balance is is a real thing in a, in the real world, and this is a you know taken to science fiction places so that you can examine something that is kind of important to corporate world the corporate life yeah and like i've said too sometimes if you want to make a point or understand a point take it to the extreme and then when you're at that extreme outside you know at that extreme uh end yeah you can actually see it for what's actually happening and when you see it that way it it brings to light the nuance that the gray areas tend to like gloss over and mask yeah in this case i mean it's like all or all i mean you're all in or you're all out and there's no crossover whatsoever right and you could also look at it too their work is so important and so secret that you can't cross to and that's a way to guarantee that you don't have like the the, the sale or steal of intellectual property right and then i think a third thing is for a company that wants the most production out of its employees well, you don't want drama. You don't want that call that my kid's sick and you need to go get them. And now it's interrupting work and right. you're getting the most bang for your buck out of these employees <laughs> because they have nothing to do other than the job. They put those numbers in those boxes. However, you never see them working. They're always roaming the halls. <laughs> well, that was that's the joke, right? That's the joke is like, oh, you would have gotten done with a quarter quota sooner if you weren't roaming the halls. But but I think but I think it, that that speaks to the idea of it doesn't matter. I mean, it's what you and I say all the time. You don't need eight hours in a day to do eight hours worth of work. So these guys, these guys don't even need, you know, like the ridiculousness of what they actually do on those computers just points to the fact that it's not important what they're doing. Like, let's not get lost in, in explaining what their job is and what they're doing. Let, let's talk about the absurdity of, like you said, the fringes of what's going on and like take, take out, take out all the details so that we can expose the silhouette, the relief of what is important about what, you know, Ben Stiller and the, the crew is trying to say. Well, and the absurdity of it, I think, just was glaring with the Christopher Walken goodbye speech on the video. <laughs> He's saying goodbye. He's like, and I don't even know how many of you there are. <laughs> He's saying goodbye to people he doesn't know. Right, right. And, you know, this whole thing. And it's, just, yeah, it, that that so far is my favorite scene. Okay. Because it just, it, it just calls to question, like, I don't know where I work. I don't know what I do. I don't know who I know. I don't know anything about anything other than I'm, my Audi's retiring. Right, right. Uh. So I need to leave. And, <laughs> and, but I, you know, and it was pretty shocking, too, to think that, you could have a relationship outside of work, inside of work, and an ex-wife or uh, what you thought was a deceased wife or something. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, you're working with her and you have... She's your HR rep. <laughs> right. And you have no idea what's going on. I mean, so bizarre. Just to And neither does she. To switch and off. And neither does she. And neither she. <laughs> yeah. Just to switch off your brain at that point. Oh, that's so amazing. So, yeah. Right now, I, it, like... The show had its ebb and flows, uh -huh. and there were a few episodes there in the middle where you're just like, oh, man, I don't know if I could stick with it. Exactly. And then they just swung it back up. Like, their 
playing it to you at eleven, man. It's it's really good. Ever since ever since Helly was like threatening to kill her any you know what I mean? Like I think it's it's been this it it stayed up here. Like that whatever that dark has uh I forget, has John Turturro drawn his dark like heavy metal art artistry? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. So he's he's putting the oil on the yeah board the Audi the Audi all the Audi does ace, with the ace of spades. All the Audi does is walk his dog and and paint this painting over and over again. Yeah. To you know Motorhead. Right. Exactly. Whatever. Is that what it is? That really what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Motorhead. <laughs> the ace of spades. Oh yes. <laughs> That's all we did. So we did a, a about four episodes of The Flash, Death on the Nile, Severance. Uh, what have you been watching? I know you watched Death of the Nile and Severance. We talked about those, unless you have more to say. But um, what else? No, that's good. That's good. I'm I'm enjoying We Crash. We crashed. I don't know if you've 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 uh, you, I mentioned that. Yeah, you did. You did bring that up the last time, and I'll have to check so that out. So it's on Apple Apple TV Plus. Um, and let me ask though. So we talked about with Operation Mincemeat mm-hmm. about how you know the improbable true stories is we crashed. Is it we crashed like ED? Yeah, ED. We crashed. Okay, so we crashed. Is it like an improbable true story, or is it just like the accounting of this true story? Uh, it's I, I like. Does it go where you would expect it to go, or, or or is there a lot of twists and turns? Well, I guess I heard this story as it was unfolding in in real life. Okay, so I heard some of the more audacious, some of the more um, the crazier things that 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 Adam did <laughs> Adam Newman as a CEO and and it's nice to see how he was driven to do these things but yeah we're at a point where it's starting to fall apart so I like you know we it's it's nice to see it spiraling not nice I mean, real people who are hurt I'm sure <laughs> but it's like sure yeah it, 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 as a cinematic device or as a storytelling device everything is hitting in a very satisfying way like everything's culminating coming together and yeah and then and then being ripped apart so i think it, it, as far as i can tell it is pretty close to reality uh, at least in the in press in the story that was told and i'm sure even the journalism of the real life stuff is probably salacious on top of it you know a little maybe beyond the reality of the situation, but it is a, a fascinating character study of, of a human that is driven, you know what I mean? Just like driven with fortitude, you know what I mean? Like he has, he has fortitude and he, and he leverages it at every step of the way and pushes the bounds of everything. And, and I think, you know, a lot of huge money investors were just taken by it. And they said, well, if he can, wow me in the room he can wow anybody in the room and you know at one point in time they had the most real estate in the state of new in the in the world or something uh, what is it 8.9 million square feet <laughs> you know what i mean like that's the leases that they held and that was their goal was to have like amazing square footage but that in and of itself doesn't make <laughs> a business i guess Right. And I like the juxtaposition with you know Theranos and oh, yeah. that story because, well, for one, you kind of saw where Theranos was going. Right. But you just wanted the details on how they got there. So I, I didn't see that one. And that was more of a documentary, but I, I didn't see that one as having crazy twists and turns and all that stuff. It was pretty linear. You just wanted to learn the details of it. Did you watch this series, though? Did you watch a Hulu series? No, I watched the one on HBO. Oh, OK. 
there's the Hulu series that's the same. Um, I think it's the Dropout as well, and it's also um, Theranos story, but it has it has um, Elizabeth Hol- Elizabeth. Is it still Elizabeth Holmes and all that? Yeah, it's, it has the cinematic license though of Oh, I follow you. We crashed. So it kind of dives deeper into like her home life and stuff. And, you know, her dad was Enron, was part of Enron and stuff. And so so it's it's got, you know, I've, I started watching that as well. So that's on Hulu. I don't know if you still have Hulu or not, but no, we don't. We'll, we'll get it eventually again. Yeah, you'll get it back eventually. And then the, to finish the trifecta of these um, startup stories, uh, Super Pumped is the called the Battle for Uber. And it's on Showtime, so I can't, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to get Showtime. Uh, probably just have to get it for a little bit. Well, what's the trifecta? Theranos. We crashed. We crashed. And yeah, and, and this super, super pumped. And this, okay, I got so you. So it's these yeah. three, you know, maniacals. Yeah, but Uber's still in business. Yeah, but he, but the, so his name, what is his name? Yeah, Travis was ousted the same the same way Adam was ousted. And Theranos is, you know, is on trial to go to jail. <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes is, you know, on trial. Right. So I think these three CEOs, they, I mean, Uber and Uber, you would, you could probably say Uber has been the most successful and they are still very, very successful. I love, so I love the story. There's a story in, in Super Pumped where, and I guess this is part of the Uber lineage, you know, the, they live and die by the app, you know, the app that people had. And uh, Tim Cook and Apple said that you can't track the people that the way you're tracking them in our app. So Travis said, all right, get your engineer, get my engineers. So he got his engineers and he said, put a geofence 200 miles around Cupertino. So from 200 miles in a circle around Cupertino, the app acted the way Apple and Tim Cook wanted it to. But then outside of that 200 mile radius it, it tracked people again <laughs> so the rest, the of, rest the of the world other than to this 200 mile radius and and uh and when tim cook found out because obviously you know somebody from apple travels and then they're like hey my my uber app is tracking me again and uh he basically shook travis's hand said stop doing that and then let it go <laughs> you know what i mean like i it's it's the audacity to to push the boundaries of policy of rules and and just fly in the face of it that will that help change the way people do things you know and people say the same thing about elon musk and i guess it's to ask forgiveness instead of permission (laughs) yeah ask for forgiveness instead of permission and you can't you know you can't make omelets without breaking eggs kind of thing you know also thinking of the the juxtaposition of it, you said that we crashed had this eight million whatever or eight billion whatever you said it was square feet. Eight point nine million square feet, yeah. So almost nine million square feet of of space. And then Theranos was going to be this little box that did like every <laughs> blood test in right, the world. Right. So the size difference is is crazy for what they were trying to accomplish yeah and then when you think about the three ceos and what they were trying to do and accomplish one was never went to market and was a complete failure because they just couldn't get it done right the second one went to market but they fell apart because under their own weight yeah too too much too too fast too soon exactly and then the third is like uber is still doing its thing but they're always it's tenuous at best of themselves with other tech companies and the government and taxis and, you know, all the stuff that goes. I heard the taxis join them. I heard the taxis have now partnered. Oh, I don't They've know. They've partnered with the Uber app 
so that when you pull up an Uber in certain municipalities, you can have a taxi come and pick you up in the Uber app. It would make sense for it. I mean, if you're in New York or Chicago yeah. or something and you're on a street corner and taxis are flying by constantly. OK, sure. But you're in a less dense area and you need a cab because you're at, you know, a party or something and you don't or you can't drive home and you need to call for a taxi. An app makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. So I, I could see them partnering with Uber to some regard. I could also see like cab companies, like some other place working specifically with cab companies coming up with that to say like, you know, you could piggyback on the back of us and it has the approval of the medallion cabbies and all right, this stuff, exactly. you know, un unlike Uber. But yeah. Yeah. So I'll have to check that out. The We Crash. It sounds cool. We, we Crash is something we all can see because it's an Apple TV Plus. And, and yeah, and it's, right. I think it's just eight episodes and I think we're on episode seven or six or seven or so. So, yeah, almost, okay. almost I'll there. To, I'll, maybe I'll put that on tomorrow for a little bit. Cool. What are they, about 45 minutes yeah, each? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, no, that's cool. I will check cool. it out. Anything else, Mr. Uh, Willett? I think that's it. All right. How'd your beer finish there, your orange juice finish? My my orange juice, it has some sediment at the bottom, so I guess that's... You still have a bit left there. That's good, yeah. I have a bit left. It's warm orange juice, so... Orange juice doesn't warm very well, but but this is it 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 held its it held its taste consistently throughout, so it it's good. How about you? Yeah, before I get to mine though, I, it like does it get sticky like orange juice? Yeah, no, it definitely it has it has that. Oh man, it like thickens, right? Yeah, right, exactly. And then it leaves like that that sticky film on your palate and such. Exactly. Yes. Ah, so maybe they just they're like, how do we make this uh, citrusy? I don't know. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> some oranges in there no mine's uh good it's warming fine i still have a little bit left i mean i'm almost done there mm -hmm. so not much i probably have a sip or two left and as it's warmed uh the flavors instead of like i mentioned how they come in malty and they go over the palate bitter they they've kind of their their, their breath is widened mm -hmm. you do taste a little bit of the of a a, a, a slight alcohol okay. bite because some of the the cold has worn off with that right and yeah a little bit more of a pine flavor comes forward i mean super good though man this is you know faction all in ipa awesome i'll have to try that out so alameda california so up in the bay area yeah no i would i would certainly get this again i mean it was it was well worth it i, I enjoyed it cool one last thing before we go um, I had a I had a fun little meeting this week with uh, with Henry Damasco. Okay, um, and he uh, he's in a cool little startup. It's called uh, Landed. Have you heard of Landed? I have not heard of Landed. So it's a neat concept. They work with institutions to find employees housing. So and they do a lot in the education space. That's why I thought you might have heard of them. So finding employees housing, do you mean like if you relocate, they help? Yeah, like you weren't in Lompoc before you found your job. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, I wasn't. So, you, you know, if if the school board of a town like Lompoc is, you know, casting a wider net to get, you know, teachers, psychologists, all of that. Funny you say that because... I was reading the paper, the Lompoc record the other day, that they casted a wider net over the entire planet. <laughs> no, they they went international to try and attract uh, talent because we it's kind of weird. We live in a really beautiful part of the country, uh -huh. part of the world, yeah. really. And it's so hard to get people to want to move here. I mean, the cost of housing is high. You know, California is expensive. 
But Lompoc, I mean, I, I'm, I'm watering in my mouth at your house prices. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> it's all, it's all relative. But yes, it's high for the world. Yeah. But even with that, though, I mean, we were to sell our, if we were to sell our house now, we would probably be somewhere around eight hundred thousand, right, to sell our house. A new teacher comes in making fifty-five grand. You know, they can't afford $800,000. Right. You know, or if you think about, you know, a speech language pathologist, which we are so short on, we contract with people all over the country over, you know, they they do Zoom therapy with kids and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, they're making 80 grand or something. I mean, you know, housing housing is not cheap. Right. You know, even though, I mean, like, obviously, like in Burbank, <laughs> a house like ours would be $2 million. <laughs> Exactly. Right. But I'm just saying, though, it's like for eight hundred thousand dollars, go to Oklahoma. Yeah. The same place would be like a buck and a quarter. Oh, my God. I'm crying over the the mansions in Texas that are selling for four hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But they also have like thirty thousand dollars of property taxes. Uh, oh, is that right? They're high property taxes. Yeah. I know. Like when uh, in Illinois and stuff. I think my parents are like two and three quarter percent. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just it's it's outrageous. You know, where our property taxes fortunately are pretty low. Yeah. You know, so we don't get hammered on that too hard. Well, is that that it's all that prop thirteen for California, I think, right? Exactly. Well yeah, we don't get hammered I, too I hard. I will say if you talk to your administration, I would I would totally just give them this website, landed land landed landed.com. I'll I'll send you the link or whatever. Uh, but but it's neat that they partner with like school boards and school administrations to kind of sweeten the pot of like people coming to the area. If you need somebody to like travel for work or, or like move, relocate for work, they'll, they have like the infrastructure to help establish the person. Yeah. It's kind of turn, turnkey. So you don't have to, then the, the school administration doesn't have to like take on this kind of housing search for, <laughs> for these prospective employees or new employees or whatever. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that might keep people from coming here because, oh, there's a job opening, but then like housing's expensive. Where do I live? I have no connections. I'm in New York. I don't have, t- I don't have time to like to be advanced three months to get out there to find a rental. Right. Like I can't get there until three days before school. <laughs> I don't want to then- live in a hotel for a month. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, no, I can see that being beneficial for sure. Yeah. Awesome. A little, a little, little ad for landed. Sorry about that. <laughs> there you go. There you, and we're not even getting paid. All right, dude. All right. Talk to you later. All right, Ted. We'll talk to you next week, man. Have a good night. See you. Bye. All right. Bye. Next week, join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece. Remember the holy trinity of podcasting: subscribe, like, share. Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rahelio for the music.